Welcome to The Scoop, the Southern California Underground Utility Partnership, where we talk about everything utilities with industry pros. Hear from the experts about breaking into the industry, learn from their experiences, and get the inside scoop. I'm your host, Ruben Murillo. What's The Scoop? Welcome back to The Scoop Podcast. Uh, Please help me welcome Vanessa Barrera from the Emergency Management Analyst for the City of Menifee and Ralph Mesa Jr., the Emergency Services Manager for the City of Lake Elsinore, as well as the co-host Daniel Laurie, Safety Specialist here at Elsinore Valley Municipal Water District, and I am your host, John Moore, the Safety Officer at Elsinore Valley. We are here today to actually raise awareness about the importance of preparing for disasters and emergencies that could happen at any time, both at home and at work. So I will go ahead and kick it off. Vanessa, how did you get involved with the Emergency Management? Hello, everyone. I started off as an intern. I was interning for the public defender's office while finishing up my bachelor's degree. And I took an internship with the city of Temecula. The more involved I got with emergency management, the more it opened my eyes on what the city does. A lot of things that happen in the background that people may not be aware of. So I learned a lot, got super involved, and eventually ended up with a position there. So that's how it all started. That's great. And how long was the internship? The internship was originally a few months. Then I eventually got a paid internship. I got two positions there, slowly started to move up, and the rest is history. Yeah. (laughs) You've seen it from all angles. I've seen it all. (laughs) That's great. That's great. And Ralph, as far as your introduction into emergency management, how did that start off? So I actually started in uh, Imperial Irrigation District down in Imperial Valley. So I was in water operations, you know, doing just uh, customer service. And then just from there, it was a new department that was actually opened up for IID. Nobody wanted to do paperwork, auditing, and whatnot. So that's pretty much where I jumped into is the recovery section of it. I enjoyed it. I liked it. They're like, dude, you're a natural. So <laughs> just as far as the recovery section of it, um, I put up some documentation to put up some filing, and, you know, based on the requirements that they were asking. Took some more training, some classes, and then that was it from there. Kind of took off. And I mean, it's it's always something new, right, with what you guys are dealing yes. with at right. any given time. Is oh. it what you expected when you first joined? Not necessarily. Because I didn't even know. I didn't even know it existed. Gotcha. Put that way. I agree. I was having a hard time trying to figure out, are we fire? Are we PD? Are we first responders? (laughs) The few months were definitely like, what is it? And then as you go through the career, you're like, okay, now I understand it. Okay, now I got it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, coming from a special district and stuff, it it was just completely different. And then just being deployed. The first deployment that I had was the uh, 07 fires in San Diego. You know, just helping out. Just not necessarily getting involved, but just pretty much um, coordinating just with our troops and you know mm-hmm. San Diego as well yeah after that it wasn't what I expected but then when I saw what it was all about then I'm like you know what this is me yeah cool. totally yeah. helping people out trying to get everybody ready prepared and whatnot and just and trained up I, good I, I digged it yeah right <laughs> if you don't mind for the audience what was the acronym that you gave IED Imperial Irrigation District so open question here for both of you is why is emergency management important to our communities I would say a lot of times you hear the aftermath oh I should have had enough water I should have had, I should have, I should have, I should have. With emergency management, it brings light to, hey, prepare in advance. Make sure that you have everything in place as best as possible because you're never going to be 100% prepared. But as best as possible, try to have a plan in place, food, water, you just never know how long the incident's going to be. And that's what emergency management, one of the functions is advocating and bringing preparedness efforts Mm -hmm. to light. Rough. Yeah, I mean, pretty much uh, getting everyone prepared 
uh, making sure they're all safe, trying to mitigate any any type of impact, you know, that Mother Nature's going to hit. Um, obviously, we can't stop her, so we got to do what we can to just uh, either try to divert that water, make it go into the right channels, making the channels actually bigger, and then just being prepared at all, at all different levels. I mean, I don't, not only for wildland fire, but floods, earthquake, pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so even with within the communities themselves, right, do you guys see a lot of outreach in terms of community members coming to you for this support or is it one of those things to where you guys have to go out to your communities for the city of lake elsinore i, I have seen quite a bit a lot of individuals come in that's trying to you know hey i want to get involved i want to be involved a lot of volunteers or individuals retirees and whatnot which is great even young kids are, are trying to know you know as far as how to be prepared what to do in, in certain situations even from like the school going to school when can they you know deploy themselves and whatnot and you pretty much had to explain to them rules responsibilities when you're in school you mm-hmm. know you've got to go with what your teacher says your principal and whatnot but when you're at home that's a whole different level you know helping out your family first and your neighbors and whatnot yeah, there's been quite a bit, actually. And then now, having certain classes, the Community Emergency Response Team, helping out not not only just the city, but also our neighboring cities like Menifee, Wildemar, getting their residents, getting them trained up, and just sending them back to, to Vanessa and her team just so they can actually, you know, get ready, be prepared. Yeah, no, there's been quite a bit as far as the city of Lake Elsinore. Okay. Do you find it pretty widely accepted? I have, actually. And in, more of a need. And then especially uh, what we've been having lately, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we all survived uh, Hurricane Hillary, we can <laughs> say but yeah definitely just w- after a while on fire and it's always amazing because it's always an emergency that happens and then everybody comes out and they want to be prepared and mm-hmm. this is why we're always promoting it before the fact you know so but yeah no definitely quite a bit it's hindsight's 2020 for a lot of people after emergencies correct <laughs> that yeah i would say for the city of menifee you definitely get individuals before an emergency kind of like ralph is saying say hey what should i have what should i have in my go bag what does being prepared look like Can you provide more information with us we do a lot of community outreach we're in all community services events we go out and do presentations at hoas we are constantly promoting being prepared and and self-preparedness from the city side we do rely on on the resident themselves to be prepared as best as possible but from our side as a whole organization we also do the be prepared on our side so from that point and and i think that just with ralph said with when it comes to cert training we do get a lot of people say, wow, I wasn't even thinking about that and, and what I could do and, and what I should do. It's a continuation of just bringing awareness throughout the whole year. Good. As far as your guys' activities leads me into my next question. What kind of activities are involved with emergency management, whether it's your day-to-day obligations or what do you prepare for? Vanessa, I'll start with you. How, you know, What kind of activities are included? So in the emergency management side, and it goes back to the, the background stuff, right? A lot of individuals might not know we're developing plans. We're developing internal procedures. We're having internal training so that we can better help our community and prepare our community exercises. Does everybody know where to go? Where is our emergency operations center? To the critical plans in place, meetings. We're constantly meeting with our neighboring cities. We, we go out to like Elsinore. We do uh, county meetings just so that we're all in the same place and getting the same information. Um, so there's a lot of community engagement and collaboration with, with all our cities and agencies. Sounds like the collaboration with the different cities 
city is really is kind of an important key there. Oh yes, definitely. There's times where I'm like, hey, do you have this plan? And I'll, <laughs> and and that's what I love about emergency management is that everyone's willing to share. Everyone's willing to provide information, and it definitely makes it easier when you have other individuals that are willing to share what they have. If you have neighbors right uh, a couple miles away who are able to help you out, right? Next door, so, huh? Just knock on the door. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ralph, can you piggyback off of uh, yeah, the different no, activities? She's correct. I mean, just our neighboring cities, you know. So pretty much what we do in, in, uh, in our community emergency response training, we let the residents know helping your neighbors, right? So we use that same concept with our neighbors, our neighboring right. cities, special districts, right. water districts and whatnot, school districts. You know, just getting involved with them and just, you know, networking, seeing what type of plans they have, what we have, protocol, procedures and whatnot. And just, you know, sharing exactly, trying not to reinvent the wheel is... <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> it, it, it does help out, especially because I mean, there's so much, so many things going on. I mean, we've got training, we've got events, we got to go to mm-hmm. presentations. Not only emergency management do we do. I mean, there's other duties as assigned. Understood. That, yeah. yeah right. right. Like most of us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is you know great and stuff uh, keeps us busy 100. percent So having functions, expos, you know, and whatnot. So yeah, definitely getting involved with the community is one thing. For Elsinore, we are getting to that stage where we're going to start promoting more out to the community. You know, me just starting with the city about a year ago, new roles into the city as well, um, just laying that foundation. And it's true what Vanessa said, is trying to get staff up to play, you know, because we need to make sure staff is first trained, know what to do, because if we teach the residents and our staff doesn't, then we're just kind of going Where backwards. Where you at, right? Yeah. You're chasing your tail. So. Yeah. So getting everybody to understand internally and then mm-hmm. moving out, then, mm-hmm. you know, having a strong force, having that foundation first sure. is key. So. so you guys are coordinating between internal and external stakeholders yes. at this point. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. So you have police, fire, human resources, all the above, 100%. as well as your community members, school districts, special districts, right. all the above. So yeah, it's a big role. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> it. That's uh, that's kind of rough, right? Yeah. So I want. You mentioned not reinventing the wheel, but is it something that you find is kind of an ever-changing world? Something that requires a lot of adaptation from the districts, from the cities, from the state in regards to emergency management. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, if we have like a concept of operation plan that we have in place for an event, and I'll say Fourth of July, and then we have another one coming up, Mariachi Fest. We'll use that same concept of operations, mm-hmm. but what we're going to do is we're going to tweak it, right? Yep. We're just going to add the Mariachi Fest information. We're going to put in, you know, who's going to be the players. You know, we're probably not going to have public works be doing all this stuff because it's going to be more at Storm Stadium versus, you know, out by the beach mm-hmm. or the lake. There's a couple of things here and there. Traffic control is going to be a, a whole lot different and just, you know, the the actual point of contacts are going to definitely be different. So there's quite a bit of stuff that we actually changed. So that's pretty much not reinventing the wheel. Or if you don't have a con up. Obviously, there was one there before, or you can just knock on your neighbor's door. (laughs) (laughs) Take their brain out. Or or vice versa, you know. It's either our cities have it, or our awesome special districts have it, too, as well. I would say the other side of it. There's only so much plans you can do, and so Mm -hmm. much things that somebody developed. The whole COVID situation. Mm -hmm. There were some discussions in advance that happened not to that extent, right? So, a lot of adaption that we had to do, and just come up with more planning and what are we going to do and what does this look like and shutting down and Mm -hmm. a lot of it's like there's only so much you can plan for before um, you just have to adapt and figure it out and that's why it's so important to internally prepare your employees and your department so that when situations like this are occurring you already have a a foundation of what is expected as a team come up with solutions. Absolutely and that kind of leads into the next one like you said with COVID of being something we hadn't seen before. Out of all the natural disasters that we see, floods,
flood, blizzard, tornado, hurricane, earthquake, etc. What are the hardest to overcome? If I had to pick one, right? Yeah. Every, this is your, all, your, your opinion. <laughs> all of them are hard in their own way. But a major earthquake, at least recently, right, where it's major mm-hmm. disasters, I think everyone's preparing for that and yes. saying, what does the big one look like? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not a matter of maybe like a fire or flood situation where, you know, hey, eventually it, it could be a few days, a few weeks. Earthquakes can just leave a massive devastation Correct. for Wait, months, years. Out things that it takes a long time to rebuild i would pick an earthquake just because we haven't seen that major one here knock on wood i know we're we're all knocking right now (laughs) i would pick that one makes sense ralph pandemic was actually one of the ones that i've never actually had been through understand so we all been through it together other than that i've been through floods i've been through hurricanes tornadoes um, earthquake as well 7.4 down in baja or Mm -hmm. imperial county Uh, it was a easter 2010 earthquake so i'm I'm gonna have to say an earthquake definitely okay. because okay. it takes a lot and then just looking at it also from the special district side of the house there's so many things that you know and this is imperial county right mm-hmm. on the desert now mm-hmm. just looking at the city there's so many under piping and whatnot Correct. so yeah. we're, you're not gonna know until you, you either see it mm-hmm. or you go out there and inspect it right yeah. so unless that water's popping out or powers out or That's gas is point. leaking or something mm-hmm. we're not gonna know so to me yeah earthquakes gonna be something definitely we're gonna kind of overcome so i figure since i've already been through it yeah for all of us <laughs> i could we'll be good we'll huh? be good we'll be good that's perfect you know so took I'll one for the it. team yeah I, I took one for the team so. we appreciate you're it. welcome no. <laughs> and that's actually to lead into that point it's kind of funny because from a special district standpoint that's what we look at as our infrastructure right yeah. how long can we go while you know our pipes are broken whether it's the clean side or the sewage side right right um you know treating whatever we need to get out and how do we get our staff out there to mitigate any risk or Correct. potentially get water back online do a local hospital schools shelters whatever it is our guys are out there on the uh, boots on the ground and right. trying to figure out what we can do and how we're mitigating everything across the board right yeah. so yeah to that point it's it's one of those things to where i'm hoping it, it never happens while i'm on the on the clock <laughs> right but then again you know we are very well staffed here and uh, we have plenty of experience that can work us through it right, right. so yeah. i think that's honestly the hardest part like you like all you had mentioned with the earthquake though is the fact that it's infrastructure you can't see it correct you don't know what's wrong with it it's the underlying problem that could happen a week from now because it may have cracked but not fully and so it's a it's a long lasting effect versus potentially a a fire which is very quick but you know what the damage is up front yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and definitely earthquake you just don't know and then the aftershocks we did experience a lot of uh, infrastructure underneath underground Mm -hmm. that was completely damaged and we didn't see it till about a month later so and and just because we weren't looking in certain areas we Mm -hmm. were looking at just more the critical portions of of that infrastructure but not certain areas that weren't going to be that bad but mm-hmm. it did affect down the road i mean it caused sinkholes and whatnot right so but yeah no definitely um out of all the disasters i'm going to say earthquake that's my opinion as well Sounds <laughs> yeah, good. Too. obviously with september being emergency preparedness month obviously across the board with the nation can you give some insight as to both what the city of menifee and the city of lake elsinore do both for 
for their staff and communities in light of this month, right? How do you get your outreach out or how do you prepare your community, Vanessa? Every year, the city of Menifee does a National Preparedness Proclamation. Oh, great. And so we go out from there. We just do a lot of social media information out there on how somebody can be prepared and what they can do. Uh, We've done videos. We've done shorts. We've done a whole list of things. Um, We've also had our preparedness fair. So we've done that as well. And we'll go out there and invite other agencies and other cities just to advocate and, and share information with them. Typically, when is your preparedness fair when, when you guys do host it? We've done it in September. Okay. We've All also right. done it in October. Understood. So, so it just depends on how many events we have going on. Okay. Even presentations. We get a lot of presentation requests from HOAs and different mm-hmm. communities. Great. We've done a lot at our senior center. So it, it just depends. And every okay. year is a little bit different and we just adapt and, <laughs> yeah, and do what we got to do. <laughs> Good. That's awesome. Yeah. And as far as you, Ralph, how do you prepare for National Preparedness Month? So same. Um, it's more the schools that are usually requesting it. So I go out Excellent. there and, and just do, you know, presentation, whether it's their public safety academy that they have or just going out to just the seniors and, and whatnot. And then for Lake Elsinore, we do have an emergency preparedness event that we're going to do at this September 30th. It's Saturday. So at the Lowe's parking lot. It's going to be from 8 to 12. Excellent. Um, we'll have different agencies. We even, like I said, we even invite our, our neighboring cities, special districts, you're like yourselves and whatnot. And just educating the public, you know, Great. just how to be prepared, build a kit, have a plan in place, a small plan, evacuation plan or whatnot, mm-hmm. just our fire plan, fire mm-hmm. escape plan. You know, that's pretty much what we do. Now with the preparedness kind of drills for that, I know one that many districts take part in is the the Great Shakeout. Is that something you guys participate in? Every year, yeah, the City of Lake Elsinore. We do uh, drop cover and hold on, and then we evacuate everybody from every single facility. It's kind of tough sometimes when we do have, we do put a note in front of City Hall just uh, because if we do have the public there, oh, you're right. um, just letting them know, hey, this is just the drill and whatnot. But we do evacuation, we do roll call, make sure everybody's clear from the building, and then go bring them back in. Very nice. Yeah. Does that typically October for you guys? Yeah. So this year, you know, the great shakeouts on 1019 at 1019. So <laughs> <Love it. laughs> that's easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Vanessa? Yes, the city of Minifee also does participate every year in the great shakeouts. We actually developed a uh, evacuation plan and through our safety committee, we'll review our evacuation maps. As you know, things are happening. People are shifting. Departments right. are shifting. So we prepare in advance and do a yearly update on that plan. From there, we do training. Okay, what does that look like? What is needed from the employee? Again, like Ralph right. mentioned, residents letting them know in advance, hey, if you're at City Hall, you will be asked to participate. And it's just a drill. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of that that goes into it. And every year we, we participate. And is it something that you guys change the drills each year, kind of mix it up to, to keep that preparedness available for everyone, no matter what may happen? Yeah, I know at the beginning it was maybe the focus was, oh, just one facility. And Understood. it's like, no, we, need, we we should slowly <laughs> add all the city, all the departments, all the facilities. Um, so every year we're just trying to improve as, as best as we can and add to the planning okay. side of it as well. Same here. One year we did the fire alarm. Obviously, we notified <laughs> the first responders. Yeah. Um, last year we did the bullhorn. So this year's another <laughs> surprise. And just oh, nice. <laughs> don't yeah. want to give away the secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't put it out there on air. All right, Ralph? We'll be okay. That's for sure. Now, in your guys' opinion with the great shakeout, why is it important for people to practice responding in emergencies? I would say because in advance you're talking about what is your evacuation route? Even internally with 
privacy in your own family? Does everybody know where to exit and where is everyone going to meet if something were to happen? Um, so engaging everybody within your own household and having those conversations, even engaging your, your kids if you have any to kind of talk about it and what, right. what are you going to do and who are we going to call and what does that look like? I think that's that's one of the great things about the Great Shakeout is that it just brings back light into in advance preparing what you can do. Muscle memory, you know, you keep on doing it, and obviously you're, it's gonna it's gonna click. Because if you don't, I mean, you're gonna forget, right? It's um, true. And that's that was one thing. Me coming into the city, a lot of people didn't know which way they needed to evacuate. Mm. Someone ac- actually wanted to evacuate with their friends. I'm like, no, there's a reason why <laughs> wow. your section goes yeah. this way, yeah, and you go that way. And then after after you explain the danger of why they shouldn't go that route, then they understand why. So gotcha. muscle memory, they've all know now, you know, I do send the evacuation plan for each section uh, where they need to go, where they're going to meet. Pretty much what it comes down to just, you know, remembering what to do, how to do it. Because even first responders do freeze up, believe right. it or not, in a lot of emergencies because you just, it's just something raw human, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it just, just got to be prepared. Just got to make sure you know what to do and when to do it. Practice how you play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So then have you guys seen improvement, obviously, over the last couple of years of being in your roles, both city? in terms of getting quicker in terms of evacuating or making sure that you know you're, you're always finding something that can be improved right so is that always something that you're you're looking to do as improvement but are the employees now coming to you and, and giving suggestions or the safety committee do you guys see that yes okay yes good. definitely you go from what is this why are we doing this right. to okay now I know okay the questions excellent what if this happens excellent. what should we do and the engagement which is amazing and that's how we prepare together Perfect. Perfect. When those conversations are coming up and, mm-hmm. and we're talking about it. Yeah. In January, I was being asked, hey, when's the great shakeout? I'm like, we oh. just had it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. So they're ready. No. Yeah, they're no, they're definitely surprise. ready. Um, they're excited about it. And then it's something that they, I have heard some staff members been, you know, they come up to me and they say, hey, I took this to a home and I brought, you know, talked to the family and got a plan in place. Excellent. I'm like, awesome. Great. Yeah. So yeah, no, definitely. Um, it, it's been a positive, very, very positive. Good. So as far as the great shakeout, what are your guys' biggest pain? points with either developing the drills or the exercises and how do you overcome those obstacles at first it was just trying to get everybody to to try to do the drill because i mean that was tough yeah just explaining nature, to right? them right yeah. and they're like why do we need to do this yeah it's not gonna happen yeah. you know <laughs> it's hot outside right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go outside <laughs> just you know the cure is just going on right now i just put it in the pod um, no just trying to get people to to, to buy in the buy-in okay. is, is a big thing and once you get that then that's you're, you're golden after that okay then they're going to understand what your really reason they're, they're not going to be like, hey, this guy's just here, just, you know, yeah. looking looking <laughs> nice in the EOC. No. <clears throat> but no, he, um, yeah, just getting the buy-in pretty okay. much. And and that goes not only internally for staff, but that's also for the residents as well. Un- letting them understand the safety and, and the reason why we're here. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely for them. Just like Ralph mentioned, just starting. It's always hard to start something, especially if, if you haven't done it in the past. From our side, we create a evacuation team. Everybody has Oh, wow. I know that everybody would like, hey, Vanessa will take care of it. There's only so much Vanessa right. can do. Right. <laughs> um, so having individuals take ownership of their role and how they contribute to it going smoothly, that's the beginning piece of it. But from there, people take ownership from it and they try to improve it and they have their comments and suggestions. So it's all about just starting. So is there an emergency operations center that you guys operate out of? Yes, we do have an emergency operations center. What capabilities does it have? From 
our side, we have uh, checklists, we have binders, we have lists of what everyone's supposed to do. And as you all know, people are in and out. Mm -hmm. You have people that are on vacation and we've gotten to a point where if I needed to assign somebody a new role, here's the packet, here's everything you need. Okay, ready, go. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so making sure we have, and, and from the emergency management piece, is getting them everything they need to carry out the role and the rest will be magic. From our side, that's what we do. We have a set of live phones and we'll go ahead and broadcast web EOC if needed, which is virtually an EOC and, and tracking and, and do all of that. So if something were to happen today, I'm confident enough that our city would go in and, and take care of what they need to do. Great. That's where the war room's at, you know? Mm -hmm. That's pretty much, I call it the Pentagon for the city. So pretty much, you know, we're, we're prioritizing, collaborating, coordinating, um, not only just internally, but also with all our agencies, outside agencies, um, local, state, federal, and then just where we put our, all our plans into place, Understood. you know? So, um, and that goes for everything, you know, we have our emergency operation plan um, that we're gonna go off of, and then just putting our heads together and just try to resolve, manage the incident from, gotcha. from the emergency operations center for the first responders that are out there in the field. As far as a few years ago, mm -hmm. we had the holy fires, mm -hmm. right? And then it was the holy floods and then the holy fish, I think, or, or something along those lines, right? <laughs> And um, the flowers. Yeah, there is the flowers. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so as far as the emergency operations center is concerned, how have you guys grown after learning some of the these events, right? So the city of Lake Elsinore, the Holy Fire was probably the big one. Everybody learned how to do their, their roles were in the EOC okay. during that emergency and that was me just going to each one of them and just letting them know hey this is what you're going to do and pretty much I try to get them to understand that they're going to be doing their day-to-day -day job so what they do as far as the day-to-day -day is what they're going to be doing in the EOC understood key players obviously you know so finance on a day-to-day -day is going to be doing finance mm -hmm. re cost recovery workman's comp along with HR logistics individuals that are doing the procurement ordering whatnot for this for city they're going to be doing that fleet communications IT planning is always going to be our thinkers so I'm going to have engineering, building safety, you know, GIS people in there. Mm -hmm. And then ops, it's all going to be our doers, right? Public works, code enforcement, you know, just everybody out there, shelters and whatnot. And then we have our management team. So which okay. is pretty much our executive, you know, city manager, assistant city manager, our legal department, our PIO and whatnot, mm -hmm. along with myself, getting them to understand that. And they, they did, they did an awesome job. Okay, I mean, it did flawless. After that, you know, mm -hmm. they were ready, right? Yeah. So yeah. we weren't <laughs> expecting the floods to come right next. <laughs> <laughs> so same thing, same role. Um, everything went a lot smoother, completely smoother in the EOC. Thought we were done after that, but mm. no, nope, here, here comes the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was uh, overall, uh, you know, I, I can't say the city of Lake Elsinore did an awesome job. Staff, great job. Great. Um, just learning on the fly, believe Very it or not. Right. And I guess, you know, a lot of them thanked me, but you know, no, it comes down to it, It's definitely them. Good and, stuff. you know, did get, get a couple of help from, from cities, you mm -hmm. know, nearby cities of Benefee and Wildemar as far as, you know, help during the, the Holy Fire and stuff. But, um, along with the county and state, so mm -hmm. that's pretty much what it was. Man. There you it, go. It was it was good. Yeah, good times. Right. Excuse the pun, but baptism by fire, right? right? Like, right. So you, you know, you get in there and you, you trust your skills, right? Yeah. And, and this is the stuff these guys are doing on a daily basis, correct? And, and they know exactly what they should be doing, but it's just having that confidence to make the decisions, right? And then give out the orders or or follow orders, however it plays in, and communicating with you know other local municipalities or special districts or schools, hospitals, all of the above. And even during that time, I mean, mm -hmm. just in, in all emergencies not trying to critique the team but i'm always trying to look at if there's any gaps that okay. i see you know mm -hmm. because we want to cover every gap as possible and then just use it for training training mm -hmm. purposes and then 
try to take care of then to go move on from there yeah. really looking at it through a critical eye now if there's districts or or cities that potentially don't have their eoc set up or in the beginning stages of it is there something that you guys suggest you know how to set it up or what should they have what they should have is basically a plan in place make sure all their plans are in place mm-hmm. kind of like a concept of operations you know mm-hmm. what's going to happen if uh, if your management team's not there you mm-hmm. know who's going to take over who's going to take the next role how are you going to tackle you know the water the floods the the fire and whatnot how are you know just eliminate just your top executive team for a while or even just from the managers up you mm-hmm. know and just go from the soup down who's going to be taking that role the lead who's going to be ordering and making decisions and stuff like that so just having those plans in place is, is probably key do you need an eoc it would be, probably be good but as long as you have a plan just like we always say that's definitely going to help you out 100 percent. i would agree with that having a plan in place and then training on that plan mm-hmm. because when you're training your plan to see is it actually working did we miss anything right absolutely and i guess a big thing too would be to practice where you're not so you know switching roles and being prepared to to take any any role that you might need to step into based on someone not being able to show up or potentially just timing wise and i think the last year when we participated in the great shakeout uh we were trying to make a phone call through a satellite phone inside we realized you can't do that you have to step outside of the building (laughs) so you know we're walking around we're trying to figure it out and somebody said well why don't you just step outside and sure enough you know when you have new people in roles or positions right. you're not remembering the historical knowledge so you know testing yourself so and seeing where you know where your your short falls are and moving forward with it so yeah. appreciate that in terms of emergency management and notifications how do you reach out to your stakeholders in your service area in the event of an emergency emails cell phones that's why it's so important in advance to have your connections and who mm. are you going to call um, have a list of your contacts satellite phones if it needs to get to that point and then virtually web eoc connecting with each other and that's why it's important to to test everything out in advance like radios and just to make sure everything's working yeah definitely cell phones emails text messaging possibly even social media nowadays you know being in a 7.4 earthquake one thing i will say that text messages and, and the internet was as long as you had internet some type of internet connection you're good to go okay. um text messages was also something that was able to communicate and then uh amateur radio ham radio that's oh, a, okay. that's another key tool we used during that earthquake uh, able to communicate with the state with fema and just get resources down there so do the cities actually have uh, amateur radio operators on standby, or how, how would one go out and look into getting involved? With so as far as, um, or as far as city of Lake Elsinore, we do have a couple of staff members that are licensed, uh, along with myself. We do have some volunteers from the county, uh, the races, okay. uh, living within the area. So if, if need be, obviously we can d- reach out. They're, they're awesome to train and, and come by and just help out and stuff. So if residents wanted more information on what is being done in their communities, how should they reach out? I think it just depends if you want to just get a glimpse of what the city's doing maybe our city website would be the first step if they have any questions reaching out to me directly and and i got a lot of emails saying hey what do i do if (laughs) which is awesome i welcome all all emails and all residents uh, because again we want to make sure that they're prepared they're getting the appropriate answers in advance and not during a major disaster 
city website, attending, you know, some of the CERT classes, community emergency response team classes and stuff that we, we have, not only us, but just throughout the county. Other cities will have them as well. And just going to some of these events that we currently have, our emergency preparedness events. I mean, I know there's going to be quite a bit of them throughout September. So just, you know, getting information and learning or just even giving us a call, seeing what they're looking at, uh, what they're wanting, if, they're, if it's a plan, if it's a kit or mm-hmm. something. So if it's not something that they, they can get on our website, then it's definitely something we can talk to them about. Excellent. So definitely oh, don't be afraid add, to reach Social out. media. Social media. We That's have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, <laughs> all the above. Huh? All the, abo- <laughs> the above. YouTube. Do we have uh, TikToks yet? Are we doing TikToks yet? I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Right. I gotta okay. check on Sounds that. good. All right. Let me know. <laughs> um, but a lot of times you get the information there as well. So make sure you follow us on, on our social media platforms. Obviously, you, you both have already kind of touched on this earlier in the, uh, the interview itself. But as far as residents, students, community members, how can they prepare for emergencies, right? Uh, on a broad level and also individually in a household, you know, you're going to want to start here. What would those top three things be? I would say enough water, food for several days for every individual. Medication. It's always uh, a, key, a kicker yeah. right there, right? You never realize until it's too late. Medication, those that wear glasses, prescriptions, all okay. of that. And just a plan. Contact list. Who can you call that is out of state that you can let them know, hey, family's good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to get a million people calling <laughs> calling you, hey, I heard this is happening. Are you okay? That way, the, the communication's one person out of state they can then go ahead and rely on other relaying that information to everybody else. Yeah, definitely having a plan in place, uh, having an emergency kit as well. Kind of that emergency kit, just getting it ready. Just pretend like you're going to go camping for about three to four days or even five days, you know, just have it ready. Obviously, it's hot right now, so I don't expect everybody to get big, thick sweaters and Mm -hmm. and jackets (laughs) and whatnot. But, you know, prepare for for the climate that you have currently. And just, you know, just think, hey, we're going to camp out for a while. That's the way I would look at it. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah, Yeah, even people that have pets. Do you have enough food for them? Mm -hmm. Or do they take medication and, and what do they need for those several days? Good point. And I think to touch on two topics here, right? One being the family member or friend outside of the state to kind of touch base, you know, to make sure you're good. I, I recently traveled to uh, Indiana and everything on the media over there said that Southern California is just going to get flooded with, uh, I think, Tropical Storm Hillary. So every family member I spoke to, you know, they asked, you know, are you, were you guys okay? You know, how, how deep was the water? And I'm like, sorry, guys, like <laughs> there was minimal flooding, right? They're like, oh, we were asking, you know, so-and-so and we we're checking Instagram and, and social media, but unfortunately, Unfortunately, I don't have any of that. So it's, it's one of those things to where, you know, people are always curious, but then at the same time, who knows what at what time. The other uh, topic I wanted to touch on was being prepared. Recently, power was shut off in my neighborhood and I'm going to look for my flashlight or a headlamp, lantern for camping, couldn't find any of it, right? So I'm sitting there in the dark with my, my cell phone flashlight, digging through closets and toolboxes and everything else. And then I finally gave up after 30 minutes. And I'm like, I'm just gonna sit here in the dark, right? I don't need, I don't need the light that bad, right? Because now I'm getting frustrated it's hot i don't need to deal with any of this so having a set location for some of these oh, items yeah. right yes. and telling everybody in the household where all that needs to be is is a huge kick extra too, batteries yeah charging the rechargeable ones yes. such yes. As, uh, yes. phone chargers you know the portable phone chargers keeping oh, those yeah. charged because we, we were afraid power was going to go out during during the last uh, weather stint we had and i went to go grab it from the truck and i'm sitting at 13 percent on it like, oh, that's great should have yeah. probably charged that yeah, yeah no, exactly having a backup to your backup 
Exactly. Yes. Redundancy. On that topic of uh, emergency items, what kind of emergency items should we have in our home, office, or car? Definitely a flashlight. For the city of Lake Elsinore, we do have uh, an emergency kit backpack that each full-time staff member has. It's got enough for four people for four days. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's got water, food. Obviously, the food there is just the bars, right? And I tell everybody, look, be careful with that. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a couple of guys from, you know, the maintenance, the public uh-huh. works that are like, hey, can we eat this? I'm like, you can. But just make sure you have a jug of water right next to you. So, yeah, just making sure that they have that in place. Um, And then just the lights, very, very important, obviously, because the lights will go off. And then Mm -hmm. if you're in a dark area, definitely you got to know where you're going to get out, how you're going to get out. Make sure you don't trip over anything, all the safety factors, right? And then just your cell phone, definitely, Mm -hmm. because you're going to make calls. Make sure your family's safe first, because if you're at work, knowing where they're at, how to get a hold of them, and just making sure, again, we go back, making sure there's that plan at home, what's going to happen when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. They're at home. They're at school. Right. How are we going to communicate? You know, everybody either has a iWatch now or, you know, the Samsung. But just communicating is very, mm-hmm. very important. Key tools, I guess, phone, flashlight, emergency kit. Right. All right. Random one I always was told was uh, cash in the truck. Keep 20 bucks in case the card readers don't work and you got to get out of there. You know? Cash Dollars. is very important. Yeah. yeah. Dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Small bills. Yeah. Small yeah. bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No don't one. keep large bills in the glove box. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't keep a $100 bill. <laughs> yeah. I would say from the city of Menifee side, yes, the first aid supplies extra pair of clothes shoes right if you're going to be assisted in a emergency for several days you want to be comfortable you don't want to be running around in heels and it would just be easier to have extra pair of clothes running shoes that you can just go ahead and (laughs) and do what you have to do maybe hair ties so looking at snacks that you like and it just it's going to make the whole situation a little bit easier when you're you're comfortable and and have everything you need specifically. Absolutely. And I think one that a lot of people forget about too is if, if a disability is present. If you rely on a cane, for example, having that extra cane in the car in case yeah. that one breaks or something happens, you know, you, you still need to be able to, to get around with assistance and, and keeping that extra piece or that extra equipment can really come in handy. Now, are there opportunities for residents to get involved with emergency operations or response? Definitely. We're going back to the CERT, which is the Community Emergency Response Team, having them take that class, understanding, you know, just what to do, just knowing that role, that foundation. It's a start mm-hmm. and then, you know, we will utilize them in the like shelters if we have to open up a shelter. If we do events, handouts and whatnot, even just like just regular events, we might be able to utilize them to just, you know, as far as registering individuals in or just helping out in that aspect. Not going to put them in any danger. It's either going to be some type of communication. We'll, we'll have them, you know, man the radios or whatnot. Or oh, okay. just, you know, be our go-to person who's going to go and help out. Just be like a runner. But definitely, we would definitely utilize them in the shelters a lot. Excellent. So. Yeah, from our side, I, I echo that. Our We have an amazing CERT volunteers, and we use them for shelters. They assist us with passing out information. So if it was ever needed, we needed to knock doors. They would be there to assist. Traffic control. And we've used them just during emergencies okay. and then non-emergency related. Gotcha. Sharing the preparedness efforts. And we've done trainings with PD. We've done trainings with our fires they're keeping both sides connected so that in advance they know each other and not during the emergency so building building that relationship in advance getting that communication in place right so and then as far as age ranges for these volunteers for your cert program is it anywhere from 18 up to a certain age or is it if you're interested come knock on the door or you know look at the website to see if you can apply for our side we have a a cert program Um, we haven't 
haven't quite rolled out a teen program where mm-hmm. we can have individuals under 18. Okay. But for now, we do have individuals 18 and over can Excellent. reach out and get familiar with what we do. And uh, we do live scan our CERT members okay. just because they're in the community and they're in communications with all ages. So that's what we do on, on our side. Yeah, same here. Uh, we're getting ready to start rolling out our teen CERT. We're working with the schools uh, just to make sure that, you know, because I know there's there's been a lot of uh, interest in that. And that obviously that comes with like a permission slip just to make sure that they, you know, the parents are okay with it. Uh, understanding. We don't go into full details like a regular adult CERT class just because okay. there is some content in there that we just kind of take out. It's pretty much the same concept. Everything's still the same. And it gives them the ability to actually help us out, work. And, and there is quite a bit of students that afterwards will try to, you know, engage and stuff. Yeah. Um, and is that something that they're able to get volunteer hours for, for, for school or for college? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. As, if they take the, obviously the, the class itself is uh, 20 hours, so they do get that 20 hour um, community services. If we have a, a refresher class, you know, down the road, they'll get those hours as well. So if residents want to get involved, where should they start? Go to our website. Um, and I'm pretty sure Menifee's got the same. Um, they can actually register there as far as um, CERT or even in our volunteer group as well. So they could just go to Google, type in City of Lake Elsinore or City of Menifee, and then it'll take the homepage and then they can kind of navigate through there? You yes. can go. Okay. For us, it's pretty much under the emergency services. Okay. Yeah, there's right. it's which is probably under City Hall. So then you'll see all the different departments. Yeah, and we're available. Any questions come up, they have Excellent. specific questions. We welcome anybody reaching out directly to, to me and getting them established and, and what they need. Great. As far as a, a, a deeper dive into your thoughts, Vanessa, what are three resources you'd recommend to listeners to better prepare themselves and why? I would say having enough food, water, personal supplies for several days. Individuals can go visit ready.gov and, and kind of get an example and a list going. I would also say setting up for our alert system. We do have Alert Menifee and it's similar to Alert Rivco where in the event that something were to happen, we would send out notifications to our residents on road closures, evacuations and outages. So getting them registered uh, in advance so that if we need to get a hold of them, we can send that information out. And the last thing I would say is having a contact list and outside of your phone. Uh, Phones, (laughs) you might not have a phone charger, your (laughs) phone might die, something (laughs) might happen. Having those numbers somewhere stored and secured and and even documents, mortgage, insurance, all of that good stuff in a secure location so that you can grab them and, and go if you had to. Excellent. Kind of on a broad spectrum, is there anything parents can do at home to prepare their child for emergencies, whether at home or potentially in a classroom or a friend's house? That plan again, just making sure they understand, hey, we've got an earthquake, this is where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. This is where our, our emergency kits are at. Trying to make them understand why they should go a certain route, because you just don't want a kid just to not know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the worst thing ever. At school, definitely the same thing. Uh, I know it's really hard for the young ones, you know, like kindergarten or first grade and whatnot. So one thing we used to do is rabbit in a hole. Rabbit in a hole means, okay, it's time for the rabbit to get in the hole. It starts mm-hmm. to shake, rabbit in a hole. They get used to it, then they understand. That's the plan in place, you know. I think it's pretty easy. Fire alarm goes off. Obviously, some kids do get paranoid with it and whatnot. They get kind of freaked out. Getting them to understand, hey, this you're going to hear this. Getting them familiar with what it sounds like. Showing them a video. Because obviously, everything nowadays is on social media. Right. YouTube's yeah, great. Right, it's, yeah. If it's not Google, it's YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so just familiar with certain things as far as emergency, emergency preparedness, and just the basics, right? Just uh, evacuations, earthquake, drop cover and hold. So 
And then just to kind of close out this entire interview, and, and we appreciate you guys for coming out, but if there is one takeaway you would like listeners to go out and do after they listen to this podcast, what would it be? I would say start now. Start to come up with a plan. Start talking about it. Even just taking baby steps. This week, I'm just going to focus on my go bag. Okay, next week, I'm going to focus on my contact list. The hardest part is just starting. A lot of times, they're like, I don't even know where to start. Visits already gov website visit our city website there's a lot of information there to get it going and then from there just continue to prepare continue to look up new information and see are you 100% or as best as you can be prepared for any type of disaster having that plan in place start small and don't think that it's never going to happen because we just don't don't know yes we can see fire we can see a storm hurricane tornado earthquakes one of the ones we do live on the earthquake fault we don't know when I mean everybody's you know putting that it's supposed to be every 30 years every 100 years i don't think anybody can actually predict an earthquake having that plan in place simple something simple something to start off just like vanessa said with that go kit just be prepared so really no step is too small fantastic so to sum it up start now start small and just continue the program right yes well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Anything? Thank you guys for coming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Vanessa from the city of Menifee and Ralph from the city of Lake Elsinore, EVMWD, and the Scoop Podcast, thank you for joining us. Get ready. Stay Definitely. ready.